Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my cyber daughter and co-host Lauren Simonian, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Do you mind my calling you my cyber daughter? I feel like it's a little bit misleading because I'm actually your real daughter. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> well, hi, well, welcome back, Lauren. Nice to be with you again. You too. Thanks for having me. Um, I've been good. Yeah. How about you? Been fine. Have a good week. Hmm. Uh-oh. Whenever someone hesitates about having a good week. Uh, no, I haven't. I'm not hesitating about the, I'm more hesitating about the question. Sometimes it's hard to remember like what has all happened um, in a week. I see. You know, because I'm so present in the moment, <laughs> forget about the other ones. <laughs> there is no past. There is no future. So right. <laughs> I, have to, I have to break you out of the present <laughs> to have you stick your, your your foot into the past and answer my question. Oh, if only that were so easy. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, my present is great. Thank you. Good. Good. I hate hot and sticky weather, so I'm very unhappy with, with what's going on outside this room. Mm. I'm a fall, spring kind of guy. I don't mind winter at all, but I do mind humidity. I can understand that. Just hate it. Such a baby. <laughs> anyway, do you know what today's uh, title is? It's well, I, I, How could you know? I just came <laughs> up with it. <laughs> today's title is The Psychology of Relating in Cyberspace, mm -hmm. uh, thus calling you my cyber daughter. I see. Pretty cool, right? That was very intricate thought process. So when I talk about cyberspace, I, I'm now I don't know all the terms and I know you do. So this is where you're going to have to correct me as we go forward. But to me, cyberspace is synonymous with social media, you know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, YouTube. Is that is that correct that that uh, social media is cyberspace? Yeah, social media is cyberspace. I think anything that happens on a computer is considered cyberspace. Do you know anybody that's that's not in any way, shape, or form connected to social media? Honestly, the only person that I know of is my husband. He is not on any <laughs> social media platforms. He doesn't live in a cave, right? He has electricity. He does, yeah. But I, I told him, I think it's like a little bit shady that he's not uh, traceable. But he, but he, all right, but but doesn't social media include things like texting and, and that kind of stuff? See, that's exactly what he says. He always says, <laughs> whenever I'm texting, he'll ask if I'm social media, mediating. Um, I don't know. I thought I, I, I consider social media more of like the platforms that you enter. Um, that have, you know, social net, ah. social networks. Okay. So let's expand it a little today. Okay. Let's just for our definition, let's say social media is any kind of interpersonal communication 
vis-a-vis cyberspace. Okay. How about that? Is that, is that okay just as a, a working definition? That is acceptable. And so we've just, we've just launched your husband into the cyber age. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm sure he'll be he glad to hear He has emerged. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, he's probably, he's been feeling very, very uh, left out until now. So that's <laughs> I don't think so at all, but. <laughs> so relating in cyberspace that, you know, that, before we go into that, I'd like to play our song of the day. Sure, but before you do that, I just realized something because I actually met my husband on a um, dating app. So he oh. does do, well, he did do some sort of social mediaing, right? Uh-huh. Would you consider so, a dating app? Absolutely, yeah, of right? course. That's how I met mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Back in uh, 1971, yeah, we had we had uh, you know those those apps back then. Yeah, through the printing press. <laughs> <laughs> so so okay, so your husband has definitely um, been a, a kind of closet cyber social media guy, and, and now now we've outed him. Yes, let okay. it be known. So let me get back to my song. Sorry, yep. Because I I scoured the lists of songs for today's topic. And come on, be honest, what, the psychology of the psychological, what do I say the title is? The psychology of relating in cyberspace. Mm. Uh, what kind of song could you possibly get that would that would illuminate that title? Come on, so I, I worked very hard and I, I think I found an adequate song. Are you, I'm intrigued. Are you ready for I'm intrigued. Okay. And, and just be gentle, because I spent hours just trying to find the appropriate song. It's very important to me. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Life goes on without me, cause I ain't got nobody. Oh, and there's nobody just for me. There's nobody just for me. I'm so sad and lonely Sad and lonely, sad and lonely Want some sweet mama Come take a chance with me Cause I ain't so bad Well, do you get the connection? I mean, I think so, but I I don't... Well, let me hear what you think. What, what do you think I thought when I chose that song? I think you thought that people who are... Um, you know, looking for validation or attention through social media are sad and lonely and looking for connection. Oh, yeah, you pretty much so. I, I, I'm kind of picking at a select few. Of course, you and I both know not everybody on the internet is sad and lonely, <laughs> but but to some extent, uh, People are wanting to expand their social horizon and bring in more people or have more connections. So, so the person, especially the person that is sad and lonely, uh, that person is certainly going to be one that would relate to that song and immediately see the relevance. Unlike my cyber dog. No, I see the relevance. I, I just, um, I think that there is a, good quality to social media as well so I I can see where you're coming from I think for a lot of people that could be the case Um, Mm -hmm. but I also think that it's a wonderful way to to uh, keep connections because you know in our 
busy world, it's hard to do that. So yeah, yeah, and let's let, let's let's be sure to emphasize that point. Um, we're we're probably going to wind up talking more about the the negative aspects because from a psychological perspective, we want these podcasts to be able to help people that do struggle. But we're not leaving out all you very healthy people who who really use social media to kind of enhance your life and your 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 experiences in life. So don't don't feel offended if 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 we're kind of focusing more on the or I shouldn't say we. Uh, if I'm focusing more on the the psychological struggle side of social media, mm. is, is that acceptable to you? Sure. Yeah, because I, I think some of the benefits are, you know, allowing for the opportunity to connect with people that you may never have connected with otherwise. I know through starting my business, I've been able to meet uh, virtually with with different people that have had such awesome input that had I never been able to advertise virtually, I never would have been connected with those people. That's just one example. Also, you know, having gone to college during the age of Facebook, all of my college friends that I used to be really close with, I can sort of follow along with the way their lives have unfolded. And it feels like very healthy mm-hmm. and happy to see how everyone, you know, kind of wound up, which I'm sure is not something that you're privy to because, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you are friends with your college friends on Facebook. So when you relate to someone through cyberspace, whether it be face, FaceTime, right? Is that what, so you're going to have to help me with all the words. Uh, people uh, like Zoom, our podcast. Oh my right? gosh. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're just naming random things. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, but when, when you're doing uh, a conversation uh-huh. with someone, and sometimes it's face to face, like on Zoom, right? Sure. Is that considered social media? I, not in my definition, but I guess in the broader definition that you established earlier, we could say yes. How about everything that requires a battery or a plug into a wall? We'll consider. I guess, yeah, I guess if you're connecting with another person through a, a device, we could call that social media. Okay, here's my big question okay. for you. Now, do you think a very happy, healthy person um, connecting with someone on social media, a friend, an acquaintance, whatever it may be, do, do you think that can possibly be as good as a face-to-face conversation with that same person? Personally, I don't think so. But Why? I don't know if everybody would agree. Well, take take a just take a guess. What would you guess? You you're leaning towards it not being as as good as. Uh, yes, for me, it's it never is as good as. And I I, I personally I thrive mm-hmm. off of like the energetic exchange with another person, like to actually feel their presence. So to me, it's not the same through through a screen. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and I would I would agree with you. In fact. Prior to doing a little bit of research, I, I I did agree with you, but what I found was rather interesting, and it surprised me because right now with COVID and this variant, I'm still doing Zoom sessions with my patients, and I find the I find the sessions you know highly uh, you know effective. I mean, you're you're really tuned right into someone's facial expressions and. I I just didn't feel like there was anything Hmm. lost. And with psychology too, I would assume that 
if some if a patient is in their own safe space zooming in with you at your office like that probably makes a difference of course and wearing the jammies and all that kind of yes. comfortable stuff but but l- let me tell you about the what the study oh. i saw and oh you what's what's the <laughs> i didn't realize you didn't I, I, okay I, i'm being i'm being patient <laughs> go ahead <laughs> Okay. And and the study said that it is less effective in cyberspace because of the chemical oxytocin. And when you are in face-to-face contact, this chemical is the feel-good chemical, the, the chemical that is responsible for relating and, uh, you know, all that kind of intimate stuff. It doesn't get released in virtual. Now, I don't know if that's true. I read it today, and it came from a reputable school. I won't mention the name, but I'm sure your husband knows <laughs> the school. And and I was kind of surprised because, because that would say to me as a psychologist that I'm not getting the same visceral response from a patient. If I, if I want to show empathy and caring, which is an oxytocin kind of thing, uh, that that's not getting experienced the same way that it would be experienced in actual reality. So I was I was kind of shocked by that. I'm going to have to do further research to verify. Yeah, that. I don't know. Now, like as I'm thinking about it, I feel like I've had plenty of experiences where I've felt like elevated mm-hmm. and mood shifted based yeah. on quote unquote social media mediaing. Well, you're just full of oxytocin. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Also, there's a dance class that I used to take in in the city and it was an in-person dance class and it just, you know, I never had experienced anything else that was quite like it and when the world sort of shut down, we weren't sure if we'd be able to continue it. It almost didn't make sense. Like how would you do a dance class, at, you know, on the computer? None of us had ever tried it before. And then um we've been doing it now for a year and a half and what do you do? You kind of put your feet up so people can see your feet moving. No, you can see everything. You just adjust the camera. But oh, it, that... we've found ways to um, connect through different, you know, qu- features that you can use on Zoom. And I, I would say most of us feel very fulfilled by it. So I don't know. I guess it's. I guess I always would prefer in person, but um, there are ways to still feel connected through. Okay. Yeah. Now, you know, going to the negative side of cyber stuff, uh, there is for, for those that that you know are are really kind of isolated. Remember the song, you know, I'm so sad and lonely. <laughs> so people that that are using their cyber experience because of their loneliness, you know, it, it you know, ironically, they become more lonely. And this is a very important study that was done that. It showed that the 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 actual virtual intensity actually caused more of a feeling of loneliness. It exacerbated anxiety, depression, and, and you would think just hmm. the opposite, wouldn't you? Yeah, and I wonder, did the study say what form of social media? I think I think with the with Facebook, Instagram, things like that, I could totally see how that would be true because you're not always necessarily connecting with others as much as you're like comparing yourself to others or seeing what others are doing. Exactly. You're exactly right. And, and those are the types of things that can make you feel less than, and we'll get into that a little bit more specifically, but you know, I have been really harping on you these past few months about your texting. (laughs) And, you know, being, being a boomer, 
Oh, by the way, I, I mentioned last week that I'd bring up another, and I know I'm, I'm, everybody's getting whiplash here because I'm going <laughs> to break break the train of thought. Did you for have a extra coffee this morning? Do you know uh, when when I was a young boomer, if we wanted to make a call, do you know who was on the other end of the call? The operator. I actually knew that, and especially a long distance call. You would say, "Operator, I'd like to make a long distance call." So. You know, you grew up where that was certainly never a part of your millennial life, but that was part of social media. I mean, the telephone itself, right? I mean, it, it, all this connecting to other people. So the telephone, look how it's evolved. That that old rotary phone that, that you know what a rotary Maybe. phone was? Yeah. Dial nine. And so the phone has evolved and with it, comes now this explosion into cyberspace with uh, texting and Do you actually have to make that noise every time you say texting? (laughs) And the little thumbs going back. Right. I I think every week you actually... uh, Well, well, you know, know, part of it is because when I see, if I'm in a restaurant and I see a family and say four people in the family and all four of them are texting and looking down at their phone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what comes into my mind is that we are developing the potentiality for some people to become not only compulsive, but addicted. Now you may quarrel with the word addiction, but do you feel that there, there could be cyber addiction? Okay, because it is absolutely true. Now, what's an addiction? An addiction has to do with uh, whatever you're doing that compulsively releases dopamine, the feel-good chemical. If, in fact, you are using that to escape, and if you start relying on that escape because of the dopamine rush, then that can become part of an addiction. You know, just like gambling, just like alcohol, just like chocolate. So addictive tendencies, one has to be aware if if whether or not you know your your cyber usage is really an escape from life and a have to wanting rather excuse me a have to rather than a mm-hmm. want to so you, you don't now i'm asking as your father and as a psychologist okay. i mean your little next thing um are you addicted my daughter so i want to say no because uh, you always call me a millennial and, and it's kind of true, except I'm on the older end of being a millennial. So I'm almost not a millennial, but I'm not, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not as a, what are, wait, 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 if you're almost not a millennial, what are you merging into? I forget. I don't remember what the other generation is, but I'm definitely like an okay. elder millennial. So I like <laughs> a lot of millennials grew up with, um, you know, phone and social media and all these things from the time they were in like, you know, middle school and nowadays kids from the time they're born have iPads and whatever else. But I didn't have any of that until, I don't know, at least high school, college age. So my childhood was preserved. (laughs) And, uh, but I think that I am addicted to my phone. Um, If I had to go a day without it, I think I would, I would actually feel significant anxiety. (laughs) And that's a, that's an honest, um, I, I don't feel proud to admit that, but I, I think that it's probably true. Well, yeah, and probably it's, it's just become somewhat of a, a habit. You know, you could test that easily by just, you know, seeing who's in charge, you or, or the compulsivity. 
by just saying, you know what, I'm going to not look at my phone for 15 minutes. And then yeah, maybe a little bit later or the next day, see if we could do it for a half hour. Because basically you have to know who's controlling you, you or certain mm-hmm. habits. And, you know, it may not be apparent right now because you really enjoy doing it. And I can understand that. But you don't want to have to not do it. But but if you had to prove it to yourself, I bet yeah. you could. Well, I've I've been successful at finding times where I don't use my phone. So I'll actually intention <laughs> when you were when asleep. asleep. And although my husband will claim that my phone goes off like multiple times during the night. Um, but oh I, you know, there are times where, you know, he and I will be together and intentionally we'll make sure our phones are in the other room so that we are fully present oh. with each other. Um, we, there's like a hope that one day we'll be able to do it as like, you know, a full day retreat of, <laughs> of being away from our phone. But I I've been able to do that in small doses. And then also when I have a lot of work to do, I will put on like the do not disturb and, and I've been okay with, you know, not needing it, but knowing that it's there. <laughs> oh. What about when you take a bath? I, honestly, it's always in the, it's in the bathroom. <laughs> and I also now have an iWatch that sends me my messages to my wrist. Yeah, see, now, this is, see how it's escalating? I, I could only imagine where it will be five years from now. I actually heard there's now. going to be glasses that they're making. And, you know, when you get a message, it'll actually show up at the upper lens of your glasses. It'll like scroll through your line of sight. Um. Mm. Wow. Oh my gosh. It, it aches my heart because uh, I, I'm again, and then I keep going back to being a boomer. It was, it was a much different life. We didn't have the immediacy, the intensity. If, if someone wanted to reach you, they were patient enough to realize that a, a letter sent in the snail mail, as, they, as you say, or a phone call you may not get answered because you were out of the house. So you had a different kind of patience about things. You didn't, you didn't feel the compression of time. Why don't you answer your phone that we hear now? I mean, I get, you know, I get yelled at all the time, yeah. right? Not, not having my phone. And yet it's, it's a carryover. It's a vestige of my past life that I'm, tr- I'm trying desperately <laughs> to hold on to. And, and, and everyone around me doesn't want me to. They want me to, to, to join the, you know, the club. And, and you know, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to be accessible all the time. And I don't want to have to respond immediately all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, so, and I know it's, I get criticized, right? You Can you guess the criticisms I get because of that? Well, I mean, I criticize you because I can never get in touch with you. Although you have, I feel right. like you have been doing better lately. Right. But like mom says, well, what if it's an emergency? Yeah. Okay. So, true. But, but we, I guess we didn't have a emergency <laughs> in the 50s. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe. Oh my gosh. That's why I, they call them halcyon times because there were no emergencies. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. It, well, it is yeah. true. I, I hear what you're saying. And I, I actually agree with you to a large extent that we are missing so much of our lives because there is only so much time in a day. And when you're in, when you're experiencing a situation and yet you are on your phone, you're not actually experiencing the situation. And so you're missing, Mm -hmm. like your attention is split. And so time is bound to go so much faster because you're not fully present anywhere you are, wherever you are, if you're, 
your phone is a distraction then yeah it's it's the essence of multitasking because essentially you know even let's face it people at work I mean, they're glancing at their phones or glancing at their email. And, you know, so we, we are distracted. We are disjointed by this, this tendency to want to stay in touch, to be informed. And, and what about, you know, just finding out how many likes you have and feeling the compulsion to, to more or less flatter yourself and, and impress people with, with what you did today. You know, I just changed the toothpaste and it's wonderful. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we just are engaging in everything but what you and I have been talking about, and that's being more present. Now, I have to be fair and ask the question, when you are, and you know what that's called, texting, when you are texting, is that, can you possibly be present in your environment when you're texting? In your environment? No, I don't think so. So it pulls you away from any immediate experience and you're now involved in expressing something and you'll be waiting for a response. And, and whenever you're waiting, of course, then you're looking for some future thing to happen. You know, waiting pulls you out of the, uh, the here mm-hmm. and now. So, so in many ways, it creates more of a, uh, I call it a disjointed life because we are trying to live multiple lives simultaneously. Yeah. We've got three different conversations going on. We've got constant interruptions you know, of, our, of, our, of our serenity. And it's these interruptions that, that we've become acceptable, accepting of. I, it, that, that baffles me. See, I, I haven't gotten to the point where I accept the interruptions. I, I kind of grumble yeah. when I have to. I was gonna say most know. people are, more than just accepting of it I think they're expectant of it like I was just thinking of the other day when I was in um, an office building and I got into the elevator and as people enter they're taking their phones out of their bag so that they'll have a distraction for the four flights up that that we had to go Um, and it was just such like a funny moment to realize that wow like as human beings we've evolved to a point where we can't stand with nothing to do for 38 seconds like <laughs> 38 seconds. I don't know. So I'm giving a good estimate but yeah everyone had to pull their phones out for you know a couple seconds just to have something to do in that time space wow. so we're, we're definitely losing our patience like you said before so Lauren I'm going to ask to do something rather radical today yeah. I'm going to ask if, if you agree or if you want to not agree, maybe to give me permission to kind of recognize that this this podcast is is really going to go on into some, you know, many, many different uh, corners of the cyberspace. And it's, it's going to go on. You and I are going to just prattle on and on and on. So how about we we just break this podcast up into part one and part two? I mean, is that would that be crazy? Would people hate us? No, I think it's a great idea. I think that you're, you know, not advertising the podcast well by saying we're going to continue to prattle, <laughs> but in terms of breaking up the time, I think that's good. Yeah. Some of us don't have long attention spans, you know? Yeah, you know, that, we're not all boomers that can focus for an hour. Fine. But but isn't it true that sometimes uh, you and I, we, we kind of you know, kind of labor through some of our podcasts. But today, today's topic was just, you know, it was like grease lightning and we just kept going on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So, so how about we make this uh, part one, and then next week we'll present part two, and uh, maybe we'll have an intermission where people can go out and have a smoke or something. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, that's, that's the. That's the uh, you know, I, I have to just say, <laughs> when I when I grew up, when we would say intermission and go out and have a smoke, you know, that was understood as a cigarette smoke. But nowadays it has different connotations. So yeah, we don't want to have an intermission where you go out and have a smoke. Although go it out, is legal in New Jersey. So. Go out and have a gummy. A gummy, yeah. Okay, so this would be the conclusion of part one. And if you were at all intrigued with this, wait till you hear part two. Because, <laughs> I mean, Lauren really rocks it in part two. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm saying this because we've already <laughs> recorded part two, and this is a retrospective introduction. So, just we're, ti- we're time traveling here. And even if you didn't enjoy part one, listen to part two <laughs> next week because th- it will make up for what you didn't enjoy in part one. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I think it's great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Signing off from part one, and see you next week for part two. So visit our websites, selfcoaching.net, where you can learn more about our self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, check out my latest number one best-selling book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life. And if you start to get a little bored and you are not sure you want to go back to Facebook or Instagram, why not check out our other website, selfstudioslearning.com, where you could learn a lot more about things that really matter to young people and become a little bit more educated in the wonderful things that Lauren, as co-founder, are doing for young people. So let's see, until next time, Remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless. And you are not powerless. So remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join my selfie-taking daughter, Lauren, and me. That's not true. (laughs) Every week. (laughs) And let's make it simple together. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems Hold on and fight, follow your heart This is your way, life is what you make of it Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams Don't surrender, there is more than it seems Hold on and fight, follow your heart This is your way